welcome to Deaf Blind. I'm Jill Schroeder, and this is our podcast from Great Up Gallery here in Austin, Texas. Today, I'll be chatting with local artist Ariel Wood. Their exhibition, Rays, runs through October 1st. Hi, Ariel. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so you just finished up your MFA at UT in 2022. How has life changed after grad school? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot. Um, it's crazy to think that that was just last summer. I know. Um, it feels like a very long time from now. Yeah, I've been teaching at different universities and like art schools around Austin. So going from student to teacher in some ways, of course, grad school has kind of a middle ground vibes of student and teacher, but Mm -hmm. it's been an adjustment kind of making art in a less intensive period of time and focusing on both the teaching and making space for the art making. Um, But it's been really interesting kind of working within this new space of being peers with people who were my mentors and Mm. kind of teaching students that are in fields I I don't often see my own practice in. So teaching a time and technology class or teaching a lithography class or a hand-built ceramics class and kind of like reacquainting myself with different mediums and artists. And I think it's been very beneficial to just expand my practice in a way that I was worried I would just narrow kind of coming out of grad school, like sure. focus or solidify. It's felt a bit more like broadening, but in a considered way. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you studied printmaking and drawing for your BFA in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and then sculpture at UT. Do you just consider yourself primarily a sculptor or? Yeah, it's a really good question because <laughs> <laughs> so there's something in like me bodily when I hear mixed media artists that I'm like, but tell me what that means. Yeah. And so sometimes I think I say sculpture artist because it feels most true in in regard to like how I start my practice and I think of maybe the prints and other aspects like other mediums coming in kind of like in conjunction with the sculpture where the sculpture Mm. feels primary but to say that I am only a sculpture artist maybe misses the point as well so it's a it's a tricky one I get you yeah because yeah you're saying narrow but then broadening now so I'm like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) yeah um there's artists who call themselves multidisciplinarian artists and I hate saying that in the podcast that word's so hard to say it's It's maybe fine to read but like to say it so many times yes really (laughs) so um can you talk to us about like the overarching theme of the show raise yeah yeah raise was a word that came to me when i was thinking through titles it was like the first thing that came up and normally i'm like okay you can't go with the first thing think it over a little bit but i think it ended up being the one i wanted to stick with because how i started finding an inspiration from like plumbing and drainage or stormwater containment in general as this formal lexicon that I could then make sculptures that felt similar to and how that space of plumbing and drainage could feel very metaphoric in regards to like bodies and interconnectedness and a celebration of queerness all that kind of like started with seeing large 
infrastructure in Texas. Like everything in Texas is so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and feeling like these culverts and drains everywhere was like waiting for some big event to happen. And it, it does. Like dirt, water here uh, when it comes down is nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, right. like, it makes sense that it's there, but it felt so present to me. And that interest kind of got me thinking about this man-made skin over the world and all of these moments of breath to like allow the thing below us to like escape or have access um and so thinking about these portals or like these drains as uh moments of breath um and how that like this man-made quote-unquote natural binary has this layer of cement and asphalt kind of like protecting the both or like hurting both in some ways and so raise being a word that means to level to the ground Mm -hmm. um and also sounding like the other raise meaning to like bring up Hmm. um i thought it was an interesting thought of like the stuff that is below us being brought up but then where is ground level um in relation to plumbing I don't know if that any, any of that makes sense, but it was kind of this like thinking through what maybe is hidden, but is there below us in a way that is necessary and required in order for like our current modern society to exist. And that is required because we've done so much to alter our environment. Right. So uh, that was a main interest in why like rays was felt right in this space. Um, and then also thinking about it in maybe a context of like changing uh, things that are considered to be required in that way that like these things are required to exist. Maybe they're not. Maybe this is just one version of something and thinking through like maybe social and political constructs that feel ingrained in our system, but maybe they're not required. Maybe it is one option. And what would it look like to raise that to the ground and start over? Gotcha. Yeah. But (laughs) it's like deep, deep, deep into the, no, we want to do that. (laughs) So, um, so we have pipes and do you call the blue piece like utility closet Ooh, cool yeah yeah the blue piece started as an interest in utility boxes okay those big square rectangle things on the corners of streets that normally house i'm assuming electrical situations for the traffic lights and whatnot Mm -hmm. but i think i had a a fellow student in grad school called it call it my rage cage and (laughs) that is sadly all i can think about now um but i it has slowly become more closely related to plumbing and drainage. It kind of like the inspiration is electrical, but now I'm thinking of it in more of like a shower stall kind of proportion or what is that? Um, dimensionality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, both the piece, um, last year the like original console had a drain at the bottom and this one has a drain but the drop off is steeper it's a smaller dimension so maybe more a personal bathroom shower stall size uh whereas the original was kind of rectangular and longer and it kind of like existed more in an unknown size this I think my hope was to get it even closer to like a single stall bathroom 
Okay. Okay. But standing inside that drain seems a little precarious. Almost impossible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He would be on top of the drain, I'm sure. Right. Okay. All right. I just, yeah, yeah, I wanted to see if that was (laughs) part of the whole idea. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The goal is for it to feel kind of impossible. Okay. Both welcoming and like any door people want to walk through, but having the floor be um, kind of impossible. Gotcha. So when did plumbing become a dominant force in, in your work? I think it became a dominant force two years ago, if I remember correctly. As mentioned, it kind of started with drains uh, and like thinking through these like portals and moments of like sieves, like a thing that is providing access for water to run into, but like only a certain size. Um, And so that kind of like in between access experience and in the process of like becoming like more interested in the drains, I think it naturally transferred over to plumbing and I think being very interested in ceramics at that point in time Mm -hmm. um, and thinking about how throwing on the wheel naturally lends itself to these like perfectly cylindrical objects and finding that that kind of like experience of hand making ceramic pipes is both uh, an artistic endeavor but like at one point in time was a uh, industrial and like um, infrastructure endeavor so that kind of like moved into that maybe more based materially and as I started working with these objects um, and like making these installations a lot of conversations geared more towards this kind of like bodily relationship to pipes um, in regards to like gender and bodies in that regard and thinking about how plumbing sometimes has that like gender language around it for sure yep yeah so in 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 the way that uh i could manipulate the ceramic pipes to feel both like they have a function but that function is mysterious um or maybe that they should have a function but they are not currently functioning just like yeah questioning function in regards to pipes felt like it could also then translate to questioning function in relation to bodies Um, and the way that is kind of thought through societally. Okay. So when you come up with a concept, are you inspired by like the industrial equivalent to that? Or is it the other way around? Or how how does that work? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I think I would love to say that the concept comes first and then like, and then I create the object. But Recently, it's been kind of seeing these objects in space, kind of like driving past a pipe on the highway that looks really strange yeah. and like really wanting to make it because it feels so like because I'm questioning its function or I'm like unsure of how this became necessary in that space. Um, and then questioning why I was interested in that and there and then like arriving at a concept kind of after the fact okay which maybe feels tricky but uh (laughs) i mean yeah you're taking stuff in all the time exactly yeah so i have a garden on the other side of the wall of the gallery and um, it's a very urban space and there's there's one pipe um that comes out of the dirt and doesn't 
connect to the neighboring wall that's um, on the other side. And I always think of you every time I, every time I yes. see it. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Artists do that to me all the time, like certain trees or, I mean, it's great. So thank you. I see that pipe every day now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I get frequent like text photos of strange plumbing sure. all the time. I thought about yes, I'm here for doing it. the same thing by all means. <laughs> so, um... Let's finish up with like colors. Like blue seems to be predominant, lavender. Um, oh, and there's some beautiful yellow bollards in, <laughs> in the back. So, can you um, talk about choices or reasons behind those? Yeah, color is uh, definitely a spot that I'm still kind of working through in regards to like what feels right and maybe what. And I feel like this is a very constant thing for sculpture artists or people who call themselves sculpture artists because sometimes there's a desire to just keep the material color original to the material and then like painting a surface brings in so many nuanced conversations and so a lot of the times the color that I'm bringing in per se I'm hoping to pull from like an industrial language and so many of the like really intense colors like if there's ever a bright orange or in this case if there's a bright yellow it's like with the goal of that feeling like a safety yellow or like uh yeah those cement bollards that just exist in our landscape uh and they're there to be like don't hit me and it's like, yeah no i got it <laughs> you're, you're pretty big um so yeah i think that can be a fun element and in that regards like the lavender actually does come from like an industrial language because it's used in um, PVC pipes for irrigation water. So that color signifies recycled water. And I just love the fact that like this very beautiful, rather flamboyant purple (laughs) can be next to these like intense reds, yellows, and oranges and mean something. And for that thing to mean recycled or reused um, and this like loop concentric feeling and so having these purple pipes kind of be in a lot of different shows and a lot of different spaces and me quote like essentially recycling those pieces Hmm. kind of feels like a way of connecting a larger conversation and so yeah so when there is an intense color I think I'm hoping for it to feel related to that and then the blue while it is like an intense blue and probably has a relationship to an industrial blue and it is a construction thread or like an acrylic non-natural twine um i think blue for me goes beyond the industrial colors in an industrial conversation and feels related to water Mm. and maybe like blueprints um and so I guess that comes back to like an industrial conversation, but yeah, blue, uh, has always been a, a thing that I've like loved and maybe it seeps in, in ways that are not like as considered as like the lavender or the yellow, but it's just, I'm always drawn to that color. Um, yeah. So we'll go with water for the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to tell the listeners about the show before we wrap up? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Um, there are pieces in the courtyard. Um, mm. And that sometimes is a fun little game of like people not noticing that they're ceramic. Yep. 
Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, not in like a safety or like a people like accidentally step damaging on it. them. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> try not to step on them. Um, but I did have uh, pieces in a space that was outside and the photographer who was tasked with like documenting the show mm-hmm. only photographed maybe like 20% of them. And I, oh. and I wasn't sure if that was because he didn't know which one was which, um, like whether it was like oh, it, really there. It would have been so great if the real ones were I know, photographed. That would be, that's the goal. <laughs> um, and I think I've like become more interested in having that slippage be a part of the conversation. Um, I had a, one of my committee members and a wonderful person and art historian, Anne Reynolds, mentioned that it feels like the the work is passing for art and passing for infrastructure. Mm. And I have latched onto that with all of my strength and um, running with it. But yeah, thinking through passing, especially in the conversation of queerness, is um, very interesting to me. And having this, these pieces really fool people um, is kind of funny. So... <laughs> That's all. <laughs> and we're, we're excited to have artwork out in the courtyard also. Nice. So Yeah, have you had that before? Uh, a couple of times, couple of but times. it's very rare. Yeah. Very rare. So it'll Out be- with the birds, the squirrels, and the one cat. <laughs> <laughs> no cats. No cats. No cats. You're like, no, no, no. Don't, don't speak that into existence. <laughs> I want to thank Ariel Wood for joining me on the podcast. Their exhibition, Rays, will run through October 1st. I would also like to thank Scott David Gordon for producing the show and the Black Drum Set for letting us use their song, A Dangerous Drive. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.